surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk About It. This is your host, Taylor, and I'm recording on my birthday. So I am officially 28 years old and I'm really excited about today's episode because I have a very special guest. She's actually been on the podcast before. Um, If you guys listened to the Being Biracial series, she was on the first episode of that um, as a part of Mixed in America. And if y'all have not checked them out yet, absolutely check it out. It's going to be in the episode notes here. Um, So we've got Jasmine with us today. And thank you so much for being here. And we just like are matching our vibes right now. We've got our plants. We've got our red crop tops on. We got our curls popping. It's it's a whole vibe. I know. Didn't plan it at all too. Like we're just connected. We're here. I love it. Yeah, we really, I didn't even notice the plants. Orange is the vibe today. I love it. Real sacral chakra. (laughs) Yeah, we're really, we're on the same same wavelength here. And so I met you through Mixed in America, but you do some spiritual work as well. And I would love for you to share a little bit about the work that you do before we get into like all of the astrology things for the birthday. Yes, of course. Yes. Thank you for having me. Um, Yeah. So I do a lot of things, (laughs) but I'm an astrologer. I'm a spiritual healer. um, And like you said, I have uh, my business mixed in America, which is really focused on multiracial healing. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, in my spiritual advising work, I do a lot of like guided shadow work, um, chakra balancing, energy work, really just diving into all things, uh, the occult (laughs) in a lot of ways. Um, And then as an astrologer, astrologist, um, astrology oracle you know there's a lot of words for it um but i do um forecasting as well birth birth chart readings and i'm also um provide a lot of courses and teaching too and mentorship for people who want to become their own little astrologer so um lots of things yeah that's a lot of amazing things i've always kind of wanted to take a course on astrology because i'm so interested in it but then i'm also like actually i'm just interested in my own astrology (laughs) And that's what it's for. That's I went down the path of not thinking that I was going to become like an astrologer for other people. That was not my intention. Yeah. I saw my birth chart and like something like overcame me. And I was like, I must know everything about this. You know, I'm all about self-growth and self-discovery. It's mm-hmm. an Aries thing. Um, yes. myself. <laughs> but um, I went down that path and that's what then just in turn, I learned all of the things about astrology. And then I just started helping my friends and my family. And then I was like, you know what? I think I love this. Like, I think this is my purpose. <laughs> so yeah, it's amazing. And like <laughs> yeah yeah well and we did some spiritual work together and it was back in March so it's still a really rough rough time for me but like the perfect time to be checking in with myself in that way and to have your support to work through some of that and just getting in touch with my body, getting in in touch with like my spirit and what I was needing and what was going on for me um so it was amazing yeah, I loved doing that work with you. And that's some some of my favorite work, honestly. I have, you know, a few clients right now. And it's just like, 
you know, I, I, it's a great coupled with like therapy, right. Cause mm-hmm. sometimes you're yeah. like, right, you know, and it's like a great coupling. Cause it's like psychology is very, you know, it's this, we're working through a lot of mental issues, but then we're not really addressing the spiritual side of things, you know, and the mm-hmm. energy side of things. And so that's kind of my expertise. And so I think like those two things together is like the amount of growth I've seen in people having those two th- things coupled is like mm-hmm. insane, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, trust me, there, there's been a lot of therapy. <laughs> there's yeah. been- <laughs> and then, but then you're like, there's something still like, I've done a lot of therapy too. And I'm like, but there was something that I was just like, there's a little area that I feel like is not getting addressed in the way that I want to, you know? And that was when I kind of went down like my uh, discovery of the chakras and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Because our body like literally stores all of our trauma, our body <laughs> remembers everything, our body experiences, everything that we experience. And totally. so often in our minds you now we're just like, we're just going to keep, you know, pushing through and we're just going to keep going. But our bodies yeah. are still like, wait a second. Like what's happening? What? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, our body is like, um, it integrates things slower too than like mm-hmm. our mind and our spirit. So that's why too, like, we're like, are we already past this? And our body's like, no, like we are not, you know? And so I think it's, it's that part too. We get a little impatient, you know, we just mm-hmm. try to slap the bandaid on and move along. Yeah. Super. I was working with clients on that this week and it's, it's a hard thing to sit with that. Those feelings are, are difficult sometimes. Totally. Um, yeah. Well, I feel like we should maybe start, um, there's so many things to get to here because we're in July, we got a new moon, we're in cancer season. (laughs) Um, It's my birthday, which is wild. Um, What a perfect day to do an astrology reading. (laughs) I know, I really was like, I totally even forgot that like, I didn't have an episode around like birthday astrology and I've done it the last two years. And then I was kind of like, oh, well, you know, I think it was like literally yesterday that I thought of this on Friday. And I was like, well, do I really want to record over the weekend? And I was like, well, if I'm recording with Jasmine and then that actually be really fun to like spend my birthday with her a little bit. (laughs) My heart. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So yeah, very fitting to do this um, on the actual birthday. Hell yeah. Which I was thinking a lot about today, actually. And for, I think maybe last year this came up for me too. Like we celebrate like our birthday, but I'm like, I can't imagine like for our, for our moms. Yes. Like, oh my that's God. That's like, a, that's their birthday their in a way. Day. Dude, I say this all the time. It's so crazy. I say this too all, all the time. Like when it's my birthday, I always say happy birthday to my mom too. I'm always like, yeah. it's your birthday. Like this is the day that you gave birth. I just popped in this world. I'll say, I don't really do no work. Like, yeah. It's I'm like doing the work on this day. Like, <laughs> it's like you had a traumatic of pushing a human being out of your vagina or coming out of your stomach like you had an intense experience on this day like are you good are you triggered right now like and we're just over celebrating like I was born I was born and and I'm like wow like the moms though Uh, (laughs) Well, that's kind of a perfect segue because the fact that you thought of that is a very cancerian thing I feel like all the things I do are just so cancer. And I'm like, I can't. 100%. You, I mean, your your son and your Mercury are in cancer. You know, cancer is a sign of the mother. So like to think, to just like think of the mother on your birthday is like the most cancer thing I could, I could ever imagine. Yeah. 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 Well, so should we start at like birth chart info yeah. stuff? 
Yeah, let's look at your birth chart. I have it pulled up right here. So <laughs> shall we dive in? <laughs> I'm scared. Let's do it. I'm just gonna like call out the things that like really stood out to me, you know, like things that I was like, oh, you know, of course, or like, oh, really? You know, um, you know, one of those things is that your rising is in Scorpio. And I always find that Scorpio rising people like y'all have this air of mystery about you sometimes where you're like, what's going on with that person over there? You know? <laughs> so I found that so funny. I'm like, of course she does. She's just over here, you know, trying to mask the fact that she's actually so like outgoing and nurturing and wanting to talk to everybody. But that like Scorpio rising will really kind of make you take a little pause before you open up to people, you know? So it's kind of a nice protective shield um, because being a cancer, you are quite sensitive and empathetic, you know? And I'm a crab. That's like, that's my hard shell. And then I'm like, you know what? On the inside, like, yeah, no, a hundred percent. So I thought that was interesting too, just being that Scorpio's a water sign, cancer's Mm -hmm. a water sign. So you have a lot of water, you know, your water element. So Water is the element of emotion, right? (laughs) Like give it all to me. And two, it makes sense that you like to be surrounded by plants as a result, you know, like earth and water are very compatible. So it's always important for um, people who have a lot of water in their chart to have grounding energies around them and plants are very grounding. So it makes a lot of sense that um, you're a plant mama. (laughs) Through and through, through and through. It's actually really wild. My... I haven't talked about this in an episode yet. I've kind of briefly said that like family stuff was happening, but um, I recently got in contact probably, I think it was in March um, with my dad's mom. So my grandma and just learning about her. We had so many things in common that like no one else on like the white side of my family and I have in common. Like mm. she loved cats. Like she was a cat lady. And I'm like, fucking cat lady. Yes. she loved plants. She had so many plants in her like apartment and in her house. And she had chickens and like, she was just so grounded in like nature and like loved that where I was just like, Oh, like that's where I get it. Um, I love that. And she passed away like a few weeks ago, but it's like, it was, was so weird to like get in touch with that. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's where that like came from. And Oh, that's lovely. And too, you know, we can go to another rabbit hole because that just reminds me of like the mixed experience, you know, of like, where do these parts, you know, and we're just on the never ending discovery and search mm-hmm. to find like the roots of everything. So yeah. I really love that story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, I'm going to call out a couple other things in your chart. Um, like so a couple of my favorite placements too. These are ones that like, if you know nothing about astrology and you want to know something like these are important, the most important points, I feel like, in my opinion, to know one of them is Jupiter. So Jupiter is the planet of luck, growth and abundance. So what that means is wherever your Jupiter is, when you embody that sign, you experience luck, growth and abundance with ease. Um, And also whatever house it's in, you experience uh, luck, growth, and abundance within that area of life. So I always like to call it out because it's it's something so important for us to know, right? Like, what do I need to do to grow? What do I need to do to um, experience abundance? And so your Jupiter is in Libra. So Libra is uh, an air sign and it's the sign of union and partnerships, right? So it's really important for you to be in community. It's really important for you to be connecting with other people. 
it's really important for you to be, uh, you know, having these kind of joint ventures with others as well. So just working with in groups and working with others is something that will uh, create a lot of abundance in your life. So I always like to call it Jupiter because I'm like, you got to know how you can create that abundance. Okay. How can you expand in life? So you also grow a lot with other people too. So that's something um, to keep in mind of like a lot of your growth will be within um, partnerships and partnerships means like of all kinds, romance, friendships, uh, you know, coworkers, business partners, just partnerships of all kinds. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't talked a lot about it, but I, you know, I have a house now wild. Um, exciting. (laughs) Yeah. But like, even within my community, you know, I'm like meeting people and it feels so nice. And like everyone in the community is like 50 years and up, but like most are like in their sixties and (laughs) seventies, but, but it just is such a sense of community and Mm -hmm. I love it. And there's like so many things I want to do to like build up the community even more. So I definitely feel myself like leaning into that and finding a lot of love and finding abundance and finding growth in creating and and nourishing my new community. Yeah, I think that's huge. And you know what? It's I think it's um something that might ha- have ne- not always been easy for you too looking at your chart mm-hmm. just having that Scorpio rising. It's a pretty private sign. So you kind of want to stay private. Also um having that your your moon is in uh, Aries, which is the opposite of Libra. It's very self-oriented. It's like, I can do it myself. And that's that. So to have Libra, this kind of contradicting, you know, energy in Jupiter is like- It would d- contradict myself? What? No. <laughs> <laughs> Always holding opposites. Always. Always. The duality is forever. So yeah, anytime you have like your Jupiter is kind of in this like opposing uh, sign to some of your other signs, it means that it's part of your life life purpose to kind of get over that hurdle and like learn to kind of trust connections and trust like community and being able to, you know, lean on somebody and allow that to, to create abundance for you. So it's, it's an interesting dichotomy within your chart. (laughs) Yeah. Some internal conflict going on there. (laughs) Look, my chart is all over the place too. I've, I've done, you know, so many readings Mm-hmm. And, you know, I get a little envious when I see people's ch- charts who are just so like, just like balanced and easy. I'm like, are you just like living your best life always? Like, <laughs> you know, like, where's the struggle here? Yeah. I my polar, like with all of my things, you know, they're all over the place. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I definitely the duality piece. And I mean, like I've had the readings before too, but I feel like every year, like it hits in different ways too. Totally. Um, yeah. And it's a good reminder of these things of kind of what's, what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, the, to study your chart is, is a never ending journey. Like I'm always finding new um, things within my chart because as humans, we are infinite. So like, it wouldn't make sense that I'd be able to learn everything within my chart. Like mm-hmm. there's an infinite amount of things to learn within my chart an infinite amount of things to learn within astrology um, because it describes humanity and there's no cap on that. So I'm always learning mm-hmm. new things. It's wow. a journey. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a short break right here because I don't know about some of y'all, but I've been needing an escape uh, a lot more than usual the last year uh, because I bought a house and I am like super stressed and there's so many things to do and like so many places I need to be. And 
I really kind of just want to escape some of it and indulge in some pleasure. Um, and one of my favorite ways that I've been doing that is through using Dipsy, which I've talked about before on the podcast and I absolutely love. So if you're having some trouble, like either just relaxing to get to bed, they have a whole wellness section and like the voices that they have are just beautiful to listen to. And if you're like wanting some sexy time, who doesn't want some sexy time? The audio app is full of short, sexy stories that are all designed to turn you on. And I promise you, like, it's going to be hard to not be turned on listening to these. And it just really helps like spice up the mood or, you know, get yourself in the mood. And sometimes it's just honestly a nice escape. Uh, Sometimes I have always said like growing up, like my happy place felt like was, you know, I get fantasizing about like hot, sexy makeouts, you know, and these stories feature characters that are like real people, you know, and they're immersive and you feel like you're there and you just get to escape a little bit. And it's really nice. And so I'm super happy to have them as a sponsor of the podcast. And I really, really, really want y'all to try them out because for the special listeners of this show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash Taylor. This 30 days, that's a whole month that is so, so many opportunities for exploration with this. Okay. So again, that's 30 days of full access for free. When you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash Taylor. Again, that's dipsystories.com slash Taylor. Go on over there after you finish this episode, share it with a friend, share it with your partner. I mean, if you want to share with, you know, if your mom is stressed, you can share with her too. I do that sometimes. <laughs> but with all that said, thank you so much for supporting this podcast and supporting these kinds of conversations. And again, I really hope that y'all check out Dipsy. Again, it's dipsystories.com slash Taylor. And now we can get back to the show. Well, unless there's other parts of, of the chart that you want to get to, um, yeah. I don't want to cut that off, but um we're like in a new moon. Yeah. New moon and cancer. Yeah. yeah. I'm scared. <laughs> no, new moon energy isn't that scary. Full moon energy is kind of scary. <laughs> yeah. But like cancer moon, like I'm already, today is also, well, today's my birthday and tomorrow is Naya's birthday. Mm-hmm. But we celebrated her birthday today and she had her birthday party and even just they were like singing happy birthday to her and she was about to blow out her cupcake. I was like bawling my eyes out. Like I just had to like back away from people just to be like, happy birthday. (laughs) I was just losing it. I was like, oh my gosh, it would be so emotional. Well, hundred percent. So, um, cancer is actually ruled by the moon. So each mm-hmm. sign has a ruling planet, um, or placement. And so cancer is ruled by the moon. So like when the moon's in cancer, this is a comfortable placement for the moon to be in. Um, it's really heightened though, that new moon energy, but it's comfortable. Um, and that's why two cancerian people kind of get a bad rap of being like moody, but they're really just cyclical. Like they're very cyclical because they're uh, tied to the moon cycles. And mm-hmm. so, you know, their emotions, go with the moon cycles, you know? And so whenever I have somebody, I have a lot of cancer moon people in my life. And so when your moon's in cancer, you are like just riding the waves. And I just, I know that that's how they are, you know? Like, and and I, that's why I love astrology though, because like normally before I knew astrology, I'd lose my mind with certain people's characteristics, but me having an awareness of like knowing like, oh, 
you're going with the cycles of the moon. I'm just going to hold space for you knowing that you need to ride the wave and that's cool, you know? And I, and I think that's a really great way to utilize astrology too, is just understanding others and knowing the support that they need based on their chart, you know? Hmm. That's such a good point. Cause yeah, maybe that is like, it, it, it is just a different understanding, but it's also like you have to believe it too. Yeah. You know, like to be like, yeah, I'm ruled by the moon, which really we all are in some ways. Um, totally. But yeah, I mean, I always say I'm like, yeah, my moods are like the waves. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, they just come and then they go and then, oh, it's back. And then, <laughs> nope, it's going away. <laughs> and then, oh, it's a different one. <laughs> different one's in. <laughs> yeah. And, and so true. We're all tied to the moon. But what's nice about cancer people is like, you know that they come and they go like you're used to that cyclical thing. So you don't hold on to the mood so much, you know, versus like me, I have an Aquarius moon, which is a fixed sign. So like, sometimes when I feel an emotion, I like kind of hold on to it longer than I should. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when someone has a cancer moon, they're like, Oh no, I know that we're just doing this. We just ride the wave. It's no big deal. So it's, it's interesting to see the differences uh, between the signs. Yeah. Aquarius moon isn't, it's a tough tough placement sometimes (laughs) yeah yeah it's it is because I do find I mean that's why I always say like I'm feeling all the feelings because it feels literally like there are just a thousand different things that I'll feel at once and then they'll kind of just flow through me and then I'm over it and it's like okay I'm done I don't Like it might seem like I was like really upset about something, but it's like, no, it just, I went with it and now I'm done. And And that's too, is like, we have so much to learn from each other, you know, uh, based on astrology or not, like all of our charts are so complex and different. And I think, you know, I, I don't like really subscribe to the word compatibility when it comes to astrology, because I think that it's, it's more of like, what do you need? What do I need? And what can we learn from each other? You know, like any signs can be together. Any signs can be compatible, quote unquote compatible. It's just knowing what they need and knowing what you need, you know, same like with love language. Like it's like, basically if I know your Venus sign, I know your love language. right? <laughs> huh. What's my Venus sign. Do we know that? Gemini. Your Venus oh. is in Gemini. So that's an air sign. So basically it's really important for you to like have intellectually stimulating Uh, relationships like they need to kind of be on that level for you needs to be interesting it needs to be fun um gemini too is you know gemini gets a bad rap too because it's the twins and so it's like changing (laughs) quickly very mutable it's like one day you might feel this way one day you might feel another about someone so having that awareness can really be helpful (laughs) with your venus sign yeah i don't think i can fuck with gemini with my venus sign (laughs) I've I've met some Gemini's and I don't know. There's it's something. Gemini's are an interesting energy. You know, my dad's a Gemini, so yeah. So is my mom, <laughs> and so that's where I'm like. And my, one of my like best, like closest friends, she's a Gemini as well. Her and my mom are so much alike. Um, but yeah, for like compatibility or I guess partnering with Gemini, yeah, they're interesting there's a lot of intensity there's a lot of intensity and and it's a very quick energy too so it's really like spurts and like yeah intensity so 
yeah, but that's your Venus sign. So that's also the way that you love, you know what I mean? Like you love in this kind of intensity in this kind of like quick moving, very communicative too. Gemini is like the um, sign of communication. So it, you like to really communicate your love, like words of affirmation, right? That's mm-hmm. the way you love. So. Oh yeah. Gemini is real good with their words. Oh yes, they are. <laughs> oh yes, they are. <laughs> they little wilds. <laughs> This is where astrology always brings up shit. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, look, we've all been scarred by a sign, by dating a certain sign. And it's like, oh, it's like, I'm, you've ruined it for all the other signs. <laughs> so I fully understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Try, you know, try to always stay open minded. I'm not going to try to understand their sign better and not just judge them for their shot for their yeah. sign you know a lot yeah. of people judge cancers all the time yeah totally, totally. there's a lot of signs I mean every sign is misunderstood in some way or another you know mm-hmm. and that's what I love like the more I dive into astrology and the more I I understand each sign a little better and the parts that used to trigger me don't so much <laughs> yeah yeah so so what exactly <laughs> this is also seems obvious but like what even does that mean that the moon is in cancer? Like just that we're yeah. in a new moon and it's like cancer season? Yeah. So um, basically when we're looking at like a astrology chart or forecasting, um, we're looking at where the planets are um, in relation to constellations, which are, which are the zodiac signs. So all the zodiac signs are constellations. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're taking basically a snapshot of the sky and looking at where the planets are lining up with those constellations. So when the moon is in Gemini, it's aligned with the constellation that's Gemini. And mm-hmm. so it takes on that energy. Um, and then the moon being in uh, proximity to the earth, we take on the moon's energy, we take on each of the planets energy. So that's why then it affects our collective energy. And that's why too, when you're um, looking at your birth chart, that's a snapshot of the sky the moment that you were born. So that's where the planets were the moment you were born. So basically those planets had taken on the energy of the signs and you were born into that energy, which is why you took on that energy, right? So it's like you were birthed in the energy. That was the energy of the collective at the time. And so the moment you were born, you you absorbed all of that energy, you know, and took that on. So that's kind of the download of what your birth chart is. So when we're looking at where the moon is, it's lined up right now with cancer, right? So uh, it's taking on that Cancerian energy right now. And when it's a new moon, it means that the, the sun and the moon are in the same place. And so when the sun and the moon are in the same place, um, it's a really good chance to release. New moons are really good times to release things, um, release toxic cycles, release bad habits, or just you know do releasing rituals. It's also a great time to kind of plant seeds for manifestation um, because it's kind of this, this um, energy of when the sun and the moon are in the same place, they're kind of on the same page, you know, and the sun really rules our masculine energy. The moon rules our feminine energy. So when our masculine and feminine energies are on the same page, we can get a lot done. We can really plant seeds for manifestations and, and see things a little clearer. And that's why when there's a full moon, it's the opposite. It's when the sun and the moon are in opposition. So that's why those tend to be kind of heightened emotional times, right? It's like yin and yang are kind of battling. It's like ego versus emotion. So, huh. I didn't know that the sun was the masculine and that the moon was the feminine. And then I wonder like how, how though, why are those the only two, you know, if, if we think like outside of like the binary of like, okay, they both have masculine and feminine, but then also what does that even mean? 
Yeah, so we can go down this rabbit hole because I could talk uh, like <laughs> gender theory all day long, especially like hermetic law of like everything holds the masculine and feminine, feminine, feminine energy, you know, and I'm not talking mm-hmm. about it in like a, you know, 3D gendered way. I'm talking about it in a very like philosophical yin yang way where we have both yin and yang. And yes, each planet has both, but there's a predominantly core energy of that planet, you know? And so each planet can kind of be categorized as one or the other for the most part. But traditionally the sun is, it represents our ego. It represents our humanity and like this 3d energy um, versus the moon represents kind of like spirit and emotion and intuition. And so when we break it up like that, it's really uh, yin the moon is very yin and the sun is very yang energy. It's very structured. It's energy. It's like doing versus an action oriented, right? Versus the moon is very receptive. You know, it's the tides, it's the water, right? Where the sun makes the plants grow. It's very grounded, right? So like <laughs> breaking it up in that is like, I see everything in like yin and yang <laughs> forms, you know? And so like I said, I could go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this is fascinating. I've not heard this yet in a, in astrology. Yeah, yeah. Well, every astrologer is different, you know, and should be as such because we're channels. And so, you know, you can part obviously research and learning all the things, but then the other part is intuition. And the other part is being able to channel and understand what that energy is and, um, and what it all means, you know? And so you want both sides. You want to have both parts where it's research-based, but it's also, um, intuitive based. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I'm like, I'm not going to look at the sun and the moon the same way now. I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, actually. (laughs) Think about day and night, you know, like in the daytime, we're we're going usually, we're moving, you know, and it's much more like charged. It's much more, it's, it is a, you know, masculine yang, like more feeling versus like at nighttime, it's more like, you know, it's it's not feminine, like let's, let's fucking chill, you know, (laughs) let's take a bath, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess I do see myself so much in the moon. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, I still go back and forth when I think of all of this, when I just talking about masculine and feminine in general, because it's like, yeah, how we're defining masculine by like doing yeah, traditionally, and, and this is like in, you know, I study a lot of Chinese um, uh, philosophers. Um, and so that's why I say it as like yin and yang, because I think yeah. the semantics of things bogs people down a lot. Yeah, like, it does. That's where even for me, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> we have a certain connotation with certain words and it charges people up. And so like, a lot of times like, hold on, hold on, like, let's let go of the semantics of it, but really get down to the, what we're like the energy of what we're talking about, you know? And so sometimes I'll use yin and yang because right now, especially in the class, like we're really charged up when we say masculine and feminine a lot of times, you know, uh-huh. uh, but when we take it that next level, where we're going to the 5D, it's, it's not nothing to do with our bodies, you know, nothing to do with, with um, stereotypes or any of that. There's just hermetic law, you know, there's two separate but the same, you know, polarities within everything in life, within ourselves. And I think, yeah, I think sometimes we're, we're getting really bogged down with like trying to label things when it's just, 
it's both, it's neither, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. the, there's no words to describe it, you know, and I think sometimes yeah. it's a, it all creates a little bit of, it creates division, unfortunately, you know, mm-hmm. like we're talking about the same thing, you know, don't let the word that I use for it, you know, make you think that we're not talking about the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because even <laughs> just like, as you, I mean, I guess this is now a conversation about like the gender binary, but <laughs> the, we can go there. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, because even when I think about myself, you know, I'm like, okay, yeah, gender is like a social construct that like we create, you know, like I do believe I have both within me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then how do I, it's like, I don't, want to be either in some ways too, Mm -hmm. because I'm like, I'm just me and I don't want to like feel, you know, uh, like shameful or whatever. If like, if one day I look more masculine, but Mm -hmm. I'm like, have a fucking vagina, you know, or like if one day I'm like super feminine and Mm -hmm. it's like, well, I also have like a masculine side. It's just like, throw them both out the door. Like I'm just a human and I'm just existing the natural way that I am. Totally. I feel like if we didn't have all of these um, preconceived notions about what it means to be feminine and masculine, we wouldn't be so worried about what we label it as then. You know, if we were just allowed to be androgynous and then, but also be able to claim whatever core energy we feel we are, then it wouldn't be so much of a problem, you know, because then I could just, I could look very, you know, traditionally masculine one day, but I still identify as a feminine, you know, and that's okay. Cause we wouldn't have that, that connotation anymore. So it wouldn't be, it would be okay for us to just be like fluid and androgynous, but still claim whatever gender we feel mm-hmm. called to, you know? And so I think, I think we're like shedding a lot of layers to get to that where it's like, once we get rid of all of the stereotypes and preconceived notions, we're going to be able to claim exactly how we feel on the inside, but still on the outside, uh, express fluidity within that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think I, you know, in my limited knowledge and I could be wrong here, but I do believe that a lot of indigenous communities kind of practice that way with that kind of openness of like, yeah, however you express yourself, like that is like, you are, human and you have these different spirits within you. Right. Um, you know, I think overall their whole way of life, like it's just beautiful. And it is, yeah. Everything else came in and fucked it up and now oh look where we yeah. are. Um but uh, yeah, it, things could have looked a lot differently. Um but to think of the moon as like intuitive, um oh, he used another word for it. What was it? like a sensitive emotional yes spiritual yeah connected you know it's very connected to the divine connected to Mm -hmm. spirit it's much more flow it's it's not the mind and that's too where this separate that's why you know the gendered kind of theories kind of work for me because it just helps me kind of find strike balance between a lot of things in life when I can kind of categorize them like that when I'm like okay mind versus intuition those are two separate things and both are needed um mm-hmm. there needs to be balance because when we're only in our mind we're not tapping into our intuition because some things can't be explained via the mind right it's like when you get that gut feeling and then your mind's like what like <laughs> you're insane you know and it's like oh who do I choose in that moment so like the moon is really that intuitive gut feeling that is that third eye, you know, channeling and just feeling like I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to go this way, you know, where the mind's like, that makes absolutely no sense. 
the rational <laughs> decision is to go the other way. And so finding balance between those kind of yin and yang, the moon and the sun, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So I should be trusting my gut this month then. Yeah. In general, you're a cancer baby. Like you have a very strong and Scorpio rising, very strong intuitive pull. Mm-hmm. So you're, you have a lot of just aha moments and it might not make sense to anybody else and might not even make sense to you, but um, you're definitely meant to follow that intuitive path for the most part. Mm-hmm. How do people know though? know what how do people know like I'm trying to think like if if I were not a cancer you know and you're trying to like lean into this cancer moon that's bringing up all this like intuition and like spirit within you of like how how you can trust your gut how you can like allow yourself to see what's coming up for you and to like allow space for that this month yeah Yeah, it's really hard it's hard in the society that we live in because we're very conditioned to trust our mind only you know Mm -hmm. this is a very um you know hyper kind of structured society that we've been living in for a while it's very rule-based it's very you know go by this, this, and this, follow your mind, weigh the pros and cons. It's not very trusting in that, again, that feminine energy, that moon energy, that intuitive just flow, that just intuitive knowing, you know? And mm-hmm. so there's a lot of deconditioning that we have to do individually to trust our gut feelings and our intuitive pulls. And, and our conne- it's our connection to spirit, you know, divine, whatever you want to call it, the universe, the higher consciousness, trusting that connection more so, you know, than what you know rationally makes sense sometimes um mm-hmm. to the type of inclin inclinings inclination inklings. <laughs> inklings that um that keep us from danger right it's like that wait I'm not you know when you just like sense danger I'm not supposed to go here and rationally it might not make sense or a person you know you're just like I don't know what it is about this person but I don't fuck with them you know <laughs> and I'll but be- I was gonna say <laughs> so- <laughs> and you're just like I know it's like are you going to trust that? Because <laughs> like, I've made the mistake of not too many times. <laughs> but yeah, see, sometimes that little bit of danger, you're kind of like, and this is where, <laughs> you know you're that like meme? <laughs> yeah, you know that meme of Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson? <laughs> Literally exactly where my mind is going. That meme of Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson, and it's like cancers and like emotionally unstable people. Yes. <laughs> There totally is sometimes that like giant red flag of like, 100%. nope, this person has got some shit going on and like, nope, go away. Yeah, but then heal them. <laughs> it's the nurturing of a, of cancer, of course, like cancer, it's a sign of the mother. So like unintentionally you will mother people. <laughs> like you're like, I can help you. I will make you better. I promise. <laughs> yeah. Well, also just that like intellectual stimulation of it too you can't be bored you can't yeah so like sometimes too like this is something I'm always having to work on too based like my um Venus is in Pisces and Pisces is basically the sign of like self-sacrifice it's the sign of the healer it's the sign of like unconditional love and like let me tell you love has to have conditions (laughs) (laughs) there needs to be some conditions on that standards (laughs) there okay like 
like, sure, that's all fun and for unconditional love, but you know, when they're fucking up your life, they're fucking up your life. <laughs> so I'm with you of like thinking like I need to be stimulated. And like when you meet someone who's like safe, it feels a little boring. Like I literally have to re-teach myself that, mm-hmm. you know, safety is not boring. A safe person isn't boring. A safe person is correct. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, and a safe person can still be intellectually stimulating, but sometimes they're not. And then you yeah. are literally just boring and totally. like, don't have much of a personality, which like Completely. is not that much, uh, not super engaging and like desiring mm-hmm. at least for myself. Yeah, no, completely. Yeah. I'm with you. Hmm. That fucking Venus. I know it's really a curveball because like <laughs> nothing else in your chart is like like that. <laughs> you have a lot of water sign, you know, and then all of a sudden Venus and Gemini, it's it's I just think it's just my vagina. vagina. <laughs> Venus is just like synonymous well, for vagina. let me tell you, Mars actually rules our sex drive. So let's see where your Mars is. Uh Mars is our sex drive and and you know basically how we like to have sex and what turns us on. So let's see your Mars is in Virgo. That is actually makes sense because my longest relationship ever was with a Virgo, my college boyfriend. And from what I have read, it seems like Virgo is like my top three most compatible sign, but he's literally the last and only Virgo guy that I've ever met that I know of. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, where Where the fuck did all the Virgos go? Am I just not in the right season to like meet a Virgo? Like (laughs) everybody else is something different, but he was- Where are the Virgos? Yeah. Yeah, And we did, we had a great sex life. I was going to say, your your sex is probably great. Yeah, because that is like, yeah, that's your sex drive is in Virgo. So it's also too like being that your Mars is in an earth sign, like that's a very grounded Mars, you know? So- it's important for you to kind of have a grounded connection with someone before you sleep with them. So it's an interesting mm-hmm. Mars with coupled with that Venus and Gemini, you know, it's like, <laughs> cause that Venus and Gemini can just be like, but I can say, fuck it. And let's get it, <laughs> get it popping, you know? So <laughs> that combination is funny. Yeah. yeah. Let's just sit with that. <laughs> I was literally just going to say, that's going to sit with me today. <laughs> Let you figure out how to, how to deal with those. <laughs> how you navigate all this. It's a lot. But that's too why I love astrology. When you know your chart, then you're like, okay, first of all, I feel a little less um, insane about all of it because now I, okay, uh, okay, here, here's where that little part of me comes from. Like, I, I'm always feeling like something's wrong with me. Nothing's wrong with you. You're, you just have different parts, you know, you just have different yeah. uh, elements within your chart and different modalities. So it's nice to kind of have that awareness because then it also is useful to know what you need and also when to tap into each part of your chart, you know? So mm-hmm. for example, I have a lot of Capricorn in my chart. Um, my rising sign is Capricorn. Capricorn is a very grounded, focused energy. It's very focused on business and um, mm-hmm. being a boss, you know? Um, and so I know that I need a 
call on my Capricorn energy when I need to be a boss, you know? And then my sun sign is an Aries and it kind of just wants to have fun and like (laughs) rage on. So I know that when I'm out, I'm calling on my Aries energy. Like I want to be outgoing and have fun, you know? I'm not going to be Capricorn so much, you know? (laughs) And vice versa. So I just like having that awareness because I'm like, it makes me more intentional about what energies I'm calling on in certain situations. Hmm. I could have sworn that there was something with Capricorn with me. It's like my opposite sign or something. I don't remember. Yeah, it's your opposite sign. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have your Neptune and Uranus in Capricorn as well. Mm-hmm. And from what I remember from last year, I think that 27, I believe she said it was like my homecoming year based on like where my house was. Or something. Yeah, is she talking about like your Saturn return? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah like Saturn Mercury was in the same place last year as it was when I was born. Mm. Something like that. Ooh, I love wild. that. Yeah, so so your Saturn return is coming up. It's not this year. I think it's probably going to be probably next year. Um, but Saturn return is interesting in astrology. It's basically when Saturn's in the same place of when you were born. And Saturn rules karma Saturn rules lessons responsibility so it only comes back into the same place every 29-ish years that's why we all kind of have our Saturn return on 28 29 30 um so that's coming up for me then I think last year was my was Mercury was in the same yes yeah so you have a return of everyone so Mercury moves a little faster so you have a lot of Mercury returns usually every like three to four years you'll have a Mercury return Saturn's kind of like a focused one because it only happens every 29 years 29 to 30 years so we have it once and then we'll have it you know around like 60 um, again and so usually it means that it's it's kind of a chance for us to get aligned with our life path if we're not in line with our life path so sometimes it can be an abrupt change in a lot of things you know if you're not aligned with your life path um it kind of checks us a bit. We're like, are you aligned with your purpose? And a lot of times, you know, we're getting there, but before we hit 30, we're not really aligned yeah. yet. So it's a kind of, it's kind of a nice little, just like adjustment of like, I'm going to show you what's not working anymore. And I'm going to show you where you're supposed to be headed. Yeah. And so what is it? Is there a return this year? Yeah. Yours will probably happen next year, if not the following year. Okay. So there's no return thing this year. No. Okay. Yeah. I I remember last year was like a year of like homecoming and like felt very right because there were just so many parts of myself that came back up this year of like reminding me of like who I am as a whole and like where I came from and who I've become and just feeling like, I mean... There were definitely parts, and when I say year, I mean like from July 2020 to now July 2021, where I felt like, holy shit, I had reached just like the core of who I was and like operating in such a way of like confidence and groundedness and like, this is who the fuck I am. And I've spent like so much of my life like trying to be something else or like thinking I need to be something else or like shrinking myself down for other people where I was just like, nope, I am me and I know exactly what the fuck that is. And then the universe was kind of like, bloop, are you sure? (laughs) They're like, whoop, bloop, bitch, here you go. And I was like, ah, all right, let's revisit this. (laughs) 
Um, but where it did, mm-hmm. but where it did all feel kind of like coming back into myself again and like reminding myself of my resiliency, reminding myself of like my tenderness and my softness and my like worthiness of, of joy and pleasure. Mm. Um, and to where now too, like purchasing a home at 27 where I feel like, yeah, I'm like coming home to myself and my work mm-hmm. and while also now taking this new step into like really establishing a home and groundedness. Yes. Yeah. So you're one of your major themes this year in 2021 is in the fourth house. And what the fourth house represents is the home. It's the home <laughs> is, is the mother. It's our sense of emotional security. Um, so I cannot sense. with astrology. I cannot. It's always on it. <laughs> sitting here just like internally was just like laughing at you just describe all of that and looking at the notes that I wrote down for your forecast I'm like of course yeah not like do do I even need to be here <laughs> it seems like you could just pretty much say what's going on huh? like you know you're all in fourth house stuff for 2021 so that's literally the house of the home the home yeah too right it is that emotional security finding things that make you feel emotionally secure. What does home mean for you? What does safety mean for you? Like that's a major theme for you this year. So you're, you're locked in and you're aligned with it. Very aligned with it. This house is a ginormous project. I feel like I'll probably be working on it for a whole damn year. So, (laughs) (laughs) but that emotional security piece, feeling grounded. And I think home has a lot to do with that for me. Mm. Like, you know, setting up my garden and like getting things, you know, getting Lily situated, getting fosters in there, you know, getting the plants all situated, like that and developing the community a bit more there. Like that will just feel very much like creating a a home and having that like emotional security and safety. Yeah. Your own space. That's so important too. I mean, it's important for everybody, but especially for a cancer, you know, the cancer is ruled by the fourth house. So you're, you're very, you need a home, you need a safe space to recharge. That's something that's really important for you. I need a nice shell to live in. Yeah, you do. (laughs) Where is my shell? (laughs) (laughs) My shell about to have some cameras all around on the outside, you know, so I can be looking out who trying to come over here. And there's the Scorpio rising. <laughs> maybe that, I think maybe probably last year too. I was just very like my Scorpio maybe was coming out a bit more. Um, yeah. I don't know. What a year. What a year. What a year. You got any traumas to forecast for me here? Just anything oh my goodness. I'll never forecast a trauma. Ever. <laughs> what do I got to prepare myself for this year? <laughs> Like I'll tell you some some longer term things that you got going on that uh, it might be helpful. Some long term transit. So right now you have Uranus in your seventh house since 2020 and until 2027, right? And Uranus is the planet of sudden changes and like going against the norm in a lot of ways. And that being in your seventh house, your seventh house is the house of relationships of all kinds. So going like sudden changes or also just like being untraditional in that matter too is something that you'll probably experience a lot within this seven year block of just figuring out exactly what it means to connect with others, you know? And like I said, 
relationships means all of all kinds, right? Romantic friendships, you know, partnerships in general, but having Uranus there is like kind of this energy of like, I'm rebelling. I want to find unique ways to <laughs> connect with others. So that's one of your long-term. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> so have fun with that. It seems you still got some years to go a lot um, of years yeah so we're you're just gonna be shaking it up you know I'll, I'm interested to see how that plays out for you um but another one of your longer term transits um is that your Pluto is in your third house right now Pluto's in your third house um and that started in 2019 and it's gonna stay there until 2033 so again, it's a longer term transit. So uh, the third house has to do with communication and Pluto has to do with transformations and also shadows, um, which kind of, I feel like is actually perfect <laughs> for you. It's like basically digging up things that are hidden um, within communication. Yeah. And so, you know, but that also what Pluto does, it digs it up. So that way it can create transformation for you. Pluto's the, the um, planet of intense transformations like creating it's like rebirth energy you know like the phoenix kind of just this death and rebirth energy and so being your third house is kind of just like a whole just kind of having revolutions in the way that you communicate the types of media even that you put out third house really has to do with media so maybe you know creating different types of content you know throughout it's this gonna be hdtv up in here exactly. on out <laughs> who knows but you allow that you know because it's supposed to kind of have this transformative feeling it's like we're witnessing your transformation um in that being that your Pluto's in your third house right now so wild fun stuff huh (laughs) it's something else really it's really really it's exciting but also it just scares the shit out of me sometimes I'm just like oh my god what's what's gonna what's gonna be happening (laughs) But that's it's all, all for your highest good. It's all yes, for your it highest is. good, always. <laughs> One thing from our um, healing series that we did, our, our spiritual work that we did, that really, really stuck with me, where I was just like, yeah, like I feel like the universe is like just like, you know, shoving me down. And yeah. you're just like, the universe is always working for you. Like the universe is not malicious. And I, that hit me so hard. I was just like, oh, you're right. there's something in here the universe is not against me yes it's for (laughs) you it might feel like it (laughs) yeah yeah I I think it's so easy to get caught in that trap of like you know we all are guilty of like kind of just in the victim mindset of like what the fuck like am I just gonna keep taking hits what's going on and no when you kind of all of a sudden have the aha and kind of shift your perspective of like, okay, wait, this is for me. So let me figure out why then let me figure out why, why it's for me. Like, what am I supposed to be seeing here? What am I supposed to be changing here? You know, it's all, it's all, um, like feedback, you know, I've heard someone use that word of like, it's like universal feedback where it's like something happens and it's like, Oh, okay. Let me take this feedback and figure out, you know, what I'm supposed to do, what I'm supposed to change and adjust what I'm supposed to learn from uh, this situation. So it helps. It's a lot less stressful to think about it like that. It's a lot less uh, (laughs) overwhelming to think about it like that, you know, and just really sitting in with that trust of like, okay, this is all happening for me, you know, not against me. Yeah. And that sounds great. And there's definitely a part of me that's like, but did I ask for your feedback? (laughs) I didn't want it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, wait, but who invited you here to be sharing this feedback that ain't nobody asked for? Like I wasn't ready for this. Okay. You know something else though, that 
I've noticed with with the feedback is that like the loud feedback only comes after you ignore the subtle feedback. Like I've no when I look back at my life, I'm like, ooh, I had little bit, they gave me a little feedback, but then the universe was like, okay, bitch, you're not gonna listen, say less. Like <laughs> I'm gonna get louder, you know? And so that's how it happens. It's never loud the first time around. It's always little things that we get little things in the universe. And that's that intuition piece coming back around of like yep. when we're not listening to our intuition, it gets louder and sometimes it, it's aggressive then. Key, major key alert. <laughs> yeah, wow. How am I going to go through the rest of my day now? <laughs> so many keys dropped. Um, okay. It's amazing. Um, where can people figure out how to get in touch with you to be able to do something like the spiritual work that we talked about, maybe do some astrology work together or even some, you know, multiracial healing work. Um, we'll put the links in the episode notes for all of these things in terms of how to get in contact with you by where can people find you? Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, my Instagram has all of my links. So if you follow me at underscore Jasmine Jarvis underscore, and that's J-A-Z-M-I-N-E-J-A-R-V-I-S. Um, I have all the links to all my other various things. Um, then I also have my website mixedinamerica.org if you're wanting to really dive into that multiracial healing. Um, and then my other website is don't simply survive thrive.com. And that's where I have all of my astrology forecasting, astrology birth chart readings, my courses that I'm uh, launching uh, coming soon. And then um, my spiritual advising work, um, like Taylor was mentioning, where we're really diving into that shadow work and chakra healing, balancing, and just all things the divine and enlightenment. Yeah. Yes. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. And I feel like we need to do another episode like with both of you for mixed in America and talking more multiracial things and um, did the series with y'all a few, yeah, a few months back. And um, that whole workshop was amazing. So good. Yeah, definitely. Always happy to share any of my many (laughs) hats with you. (laughs) Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being on here. Um, And we'll definitely have you on again. Yes. Thanks for having me. All right. That does it for today's episode. Thank you so much for making it all the way through and keeping your ears, your hearts, and your minds open. It would mean so much to me if you could take a second or two after listening to this episode to leave a review on iTunes and let me know what you're enjoying about the show. I love reading you know, what your favorite episodes are, where you guys listen, um, and definitely feel free to share this with a friend. I mean, part of how we break down the stigmas around these topics is by talking about them, right? And, and sharing them with more people. So definitely share the podcast. Um, and again, really wanting to include all of you in this podcast. So if you have questions or you want to share a thought or an experience, please send in a voice memo to it at gmail.com. And I'm really excited to keep having these conversations and uh, breaking down these stigmas. So thank you all so, so, so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and I'll talk to you next time. Surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. 
Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity.